This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 377, John Esposito, referred to as Espo. He's the head of Warner Music Nashville, a big record label, cool record label, very successful record label, especially since he took over. You could tell from this, Mike, I have a long relationship with Espo, with John, however you want to refer to him. Yeah. He was one of the first people when I moved to town, and that feels like ages ago, but also feels like yesterday, to go, oh, you're going to have some trouble here because you're different. But he's also way different, too, and that's how I knew that. So I'll always appreciate him because I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know who liked me, who was trying to get me fired. But I have a long relationship with Espo. And it was one of those where there would be times we wouldn't talk for a year, but then we'd go back, and it you just feel like he never left off. But he is retiring after a great, great career. So I really enjoyed the, the the talk, but also at the end when he starts to break down each of the artists that he signed, really cool. So many good stories. And then he talks about when he was starstruck, that really cool. Who he went up to at a restaurant randomly, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. So it's John Esposito. I think you'll like it. I liked it, but also I like him. This is episode 377 of the Bobbycast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. I was talking to Brett, who is one of my dearest lifelong friends. No, I wouldn't say lifelong. One of my dearest friends in this stage of my life. He feels that way about you. Yeah, that's like he's like my guy, right? Yep. He's uh, he's sad. Like as close as Brett and I are, you guys have a much stronger, longer. Uh, your relationship has been very mentor mentee. Like you found him, made him, and he trusted you. I, you know, he's he's sad. You know, I'm sad. Well, I appreciate that. Um... On, on 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 you saying that, I'll tell you what, it's it's pretty crazy. I've been reflecting a lot because my last day in my office is going to be on Friday. And you've not been to my office, but you've heard about my office. People come in to play and it's and it's a museum mm-hmm. and it's it's my life, you know, you can See the Sinatra Rat Pack wall, the Springsteen wall, the wall with all the plaques of what we've accomplished during these 
13 plus years down here um, and uh, many other things that are very in intriguing to me. I kind of wish I had made the decision and announced it a week before I left because the number of conversations I've had to have has has it's going to be cathartic when it happens, but I need it to happen actually because I got to move on. I made the decision. I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I was asked to come down and fix a record label that was moribund, and uh, um, and I'm very proud of what we've done. And part of the emotion that runs through it, and there's there's much, um, you know. And, and uh, tonight they're having an event for me at the Hall of Fame, where there'll be some speeches, and you know. I'm going to probably uh, do a lot of crying because I'm an emotional guy. But Blake and, and Brett are going to fit to the top of the emotion because there's Blake Shelton who was getting ready to get dropped at Warner, who, you know, life changed for him, and Brett was the first guy I signed. And when I met Brett, I knew there was a brotherhood there that, you know, if I were lucky enough that that bet was right, we could have a long, fun ride together, but experience some things together. And I'm sure he's shared with you. He's come up, stayed at my Nantucket house and gone fishing. And we've, we've done many things together. I don't feel I ever have a problem separating uh, work from play. If I have to give him a hard conversation, I can do it because he knows it's all in love, you know. But I also prefer that I can play. You know, because he's one of the dearest people to me in the world. He and I both came upon, for instance, meditation at the same time for different reasons from different motivations. Somebody, a, a doctor, I have tinnitus, told me I should meditate. I'm thinking the head of Vanderbilt's telling me I should meditate and it will help the ringing in my ear. Well, that legitimizes it. So let me try, you know, um, Brett, for... Um, the various reasons of uh, helping his mental health. But the number of times we've talked about it and how important it is as part of our life, you know, when you have that kind of loving relationship with an artist and you can dive deep, it makes it far more fulfilling. Yeah, relationships are a big part of why people love you. What you've been able to do professionally is why people respect you. And that combination, rare that you have... And I just will tell the version of my story with you. Still, after I've been here almost 10 years now, I've only ever been to dinner with one executive in the history of my life, and it's you. Wow. And we would, you know, before COVID, we would, and it's hard, but we try, we try to go once a year or yeah. we go every 10 months or then a year and three months. But And it's hard to see people, especially when you're an executive of your stature and I'm traveling a lot, but we, we made it a priority and I didn't get anything from it professionally, and you didn't get anything from it professionally, but there was always an affinity that I had for you because when I moved here, you had a wing. And I wouldn't say you took me under it because it wasn't a wing I needed to live under, but you had a wing, and you said, hey, I know what it's like to come here where people look at you like you're different, and because you are, but also you came here because you know that you could provide value. And I just remember those early talks because your experiences before you came to country, you had done a little bit of everything. And yeah. I'm so grateful for that relationship. Well, me too. And I appreciate that. I, you know, I remember uh, very specifically, we were out at the Oklahoma benefit event 
for raising right. money for the tornado yeah, that the had bl- blown through. Speaking of Blake and Reba, yeah. 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 And I walked up to you, you know, and it's just kind of how I roll. And I said, I'm really proud of you and I'm rooting for you. I want you to know that, you know, and sometime let's get together. And I'm probably the worst promo person in the world because <laughs> I never want to ask for the order. I just want to talk to people and talk about music. And so the dinners you and I had um, at that special little table at Giovanni's, there's a plug for you guys. Um, um, we never asked each other for anything. We It wasn't we, work. It wasn't work. We are sharing humanity. Yeah, it was, I, I value that. I will always value that. And that, that's why I... It, it, it's... It's a sadness, not that you're dying or moving away, but that there's not somebody that's running that that I like. Feel like if I need to go, hey, let me tell you, can I tell you something? Can I have this talk with you? This happened to me. This happened to an artist. You know, I don't like that that's leaving. And not that I can't form that eventually, but I felt like we had a really strong bond there, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and hopefully it continues. I'm not leaving Nashville, and I haven't figured out what I'm, I'm going to do. You haven't do. died, John, either. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't want to get weepy the whole time. Uh, God, um, God bless you. Why? You started in 2009, I think, when I look back at it. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, here. And, yeah, here. And the, the label has grown like four times the size that it was that when you got here. What do you think, and this is a you question, but it's also a question because we have a lot of new artists and we have a lot of uh, people in the music business of country country music that are early agents, early record people that listen to this. Why do you think you were able to do that? Like, what did you bring? What vision did you have to go, I can go do this. I'm not from there exactly, but I, I can foresee how we can make changes. I do believe that I never came here with the notion that I n- knew anything. And I wanted people to know that. Um, obviously, I knew something about how the music business worked. I'd worked at Island Def Jam. I'd worked at Polygram. I'd worked uh, running a distribution company. I knew a lot of stuff. But the last thing they needed is the distribution guy from New York City to come down here and pretend he could teach them anything. So I just listened. But the one thing I wanted everyone to be clear on is... I'm willing to outwork anybody, and I love music on a level that's almost um, unhealthy. What do they see in you to, to, to want you to do it? Uh, well, there's a, one thing that I heard a lot um, in the beginning, and I, and I hear it occasionally, is the town, and they kind of referred to it as the town. It is a unique um, community of music, uh, this Nashville thing that we work in, um, wanted Warner to come back to life. It was not good for the town that they didn't have a strong Warner. Um, an artist manager didn't want to have one less door to knock on because it wasn't in good shape. So if I could help be part of bringing Warner uh, to a life where we could break artists, it it gave optionality to everybody through the ecosystem, the publishers. They wanted it's like places an econ- for their... It's like an economy, right? You bring a big yeah. a store, let's say a local store, but then it's big, a lot of jobs. Yep, and those job people can buy other stuff. And so great. they needed to help the, the music economy. Was f- they wanted more fueling, and they thought you could do it. And I'm sure some of them selfishly thought, well, they'll negotiate better deals because somebody else is hopping in the fray and offering mm. uh, a number or a term or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think what happened fairly quickly was people realized, God, this guy is relentless. Mm. You know. Um, I got to hang with him. I got to learn more about him. And I wasn't trying to do anything but be myself. If 
if I've had success in 45 years of running businesses, it's because people want to hop on that uh, train with me because I, I'm, an, I'm a cheerleader on a profound level, you know, and it's, it's sincere. And because I could admit to them, I couldn't name 10 artists on the top 50 chart when I got here. I really, you know, I, I said to the uh, folks in New York, I know how to run businesses, but I'm going to have to learn all this stuff. You sure that I'm the guy? Yeah, you go down there and do that. Well, yeah, you'd find people. Um, Mike Dungan wanted to help me. Joe, co competitors wanted to help me. It was uncanny, you know. Ultimately, they wanted to be competitors. Troy Tomlinson wanted to help me, a publisher, um, uh, um, because it... it my enthusiasm be, begot their wanting, man, I want this guy to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then some stuff happened that, uh, you know, ingratiated me to the community. The, the, the head of the CMA was ousted, and I was asked uh, to run the, uh, what do you call it, uh, search committee that ultimately led to us uh, bringing in Sarah Trahern. And we did such a good job with that, God bless you, Sarah Trahern, that they asked me to be the chairman of the CMA. Board. And and so I'm kind of pinching myself, a kid from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, via New York City, who couldn't have named 10 artists on the chart, is the head of the CMA board five years into coming down here. I think that people know, and this is self-aggrandizing, but I think they know I'm sincere. I just want good shit to happen. Are we allowed to curse? Yeah, yeah, say whatever you want. We're, we're, as long as you're sincere, you can say any word you want. Okay. Um, That's the rule. Sincere curse words are okay. <laughs> I'm closing my speech tonight. I'll give you a um, a preview. Is that what you have there? Your speech? You might you just no, no. This is just some notes in case I forgot who signed to my label. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, um, but my speech tonight to uh, close this Hall of Fame event um, says, you know, but when all is said and done, you know, while I'd love to give you great advice, the only right, real advice I can give you is sign great A and R people and get the fucking record played. Yeah, I mean, that's A to B. If you can do that, everything you know, else just kind of falls in. You could solve every problem yeah. in the world with three minutes and 30 seconds of magic. You know. Whenever you t talk about magic and I say, what magic comes to mind? And that's such a vague question, but the three minutes and 30 seconds can be any song that you, as a head, believed in quickly and said, that's it. Because, again, you're a player. I want people to know this, too. You're When you love music... It's not just you listening. Like, you are musical in every way. You're notorious. People come and play with you in your office, like, after the CMAs. What, what's the magic for you that when you think that song was magic immediately? Well, I can tell you um, a few popped in my head when you say that. Um, and then I want to go back to a little Blake Shelton story. But I remember when Blake was second-guessing himself. He already had 25, 26 number one records and thinking, well, maybe they don't care about me anymore. And I, I went to a dinner with him and Gwen, um, and, uh, you know, we both were telling him, you know, get over that, you know, people want you. And he said, well, I got something booked for the studio on Monday. I don't know. I just don't know, you know, anyhow. And on Thursday walks a song called God's Country. As soon as we heard the demo, Blake sends me the most hilarious texts in the world many of which I couldn't uh, let <laughs> anybody ever see. Um, but it was, you know, um, I actually wish I could find that one right now and, and share it with you. But it would be something along the lines of Espo. 
I think I just found money, real money. And I said, okay, Scott, send me this song. And I hear the demo of, uh, of God's Country. There's an artist on Thursday morning, not sure he wants to go to the studio, who puts out the biggest song of his career that it's recorded three days later. And you knew the magic of that song. And you knew that he was going to deliver it. I felt the same thing um, a lot when I heard a demo, which my buddy Dan Smyers is still pissed off at me about, of From the Ground Up. And it was with a little drum machine and an acoustic guitar. And you just knew that song was going to change people's lives it such a resonance such a um, such a such an amazing message in it i started playing it for a few people who came in the office and the word got back to him and he says don't you ever do that again <laughs> you know he's he's one of these the finished product he, only he guys yeah you know he uh you know dan we're smyers is super close to us and caitlin and abby are really great friends and dan is an ocd guy like myself Everything has got to be in the exact order. He's a he's a perfectionist. Um, and I was telling him that you guys did such a good job, yourself, your team, Dan and Shay, from that song. Because that was a graduation for them whenever you guys did For the Ground Up. Because I, remember the vi- I still remember the visuals. And I see visuals of everything all the time. I'm constantly inundated with new music, new clips, new content. What about this? What about this? I remember what you guys did and how you built the, 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 like the church, the, all of it, all the aesthetic for that song. You graduated them at that point because you believed in that song so much. Yeah. And, and so as you say that, that to me was a big point in Dan and Shay's career because they had they did the work and you guys believed in it so much that you pushed it and it was massive. And it led them to the next graduation step. You got to be proud of those guys. I, I am. I'll tell you a funny story about Dan and Shay. I was riding to a studio to meet Jay Joyce, a, a uh, producer of... of uh, very much notoriety here in town. And on the way, Ben Vaughn, who runs the uh, uh, Warner Publishing Company, Warner Chapel, said, I got this new song from this duo called Ragtop Red. You got to listen to it. And on comes uh, um, uh, 19 You and Me. I think it's damn near the finished product we ended up putting out. I said, Ragtop Red, what's that? He goes, you just got to meet these guys. So the next day, I had Dan and uh, Shay in my office. And, uh, you know, you you do these auditions and you think they're going to last about 45 minutes. There are some you wish were over in 10 minutes, but you still have to be courteous, (laughs) right? I never want anybody. They got their final moment to get there in front of the head of a label, you know. Well, after about 10 songs, I'm looking over at Scott Hendricks, our head of A&R, A&R at the time, and ultimately the producer of 80 number one records in this format. And I, I'm like nodding. and He's giving me a little nod, but, you know, we've never done this before. And I'm like on my fifth nod. And I finally said, you guys are signing to Warner today. You're not leaving until you're signing to Warner. Okay. I went over and I locked the door and I said, what do you want to drink? turned into six hours in my office, them playing one smash after another. And then I realized they didn't have a pot to piss in, so I called up my wife and said, Chantel, would you please cook dinner for them? Cook dinner for them five nights in a row over in that Bellmead house and just said, I'm telling you, I'm not letting you go until you become um, Warner Brothers artist here in town. And, you know, that uh, thankfully it worked out. 
What about Ragtop Red? How did you convince them to lose? Oh, yeah, I forgot that part of the well, story. Well, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I mean, that ain't, that's a very good name, you know? And it also doesn't represent them, Ragtop it, Red. It, it didn't. Well, I, so two funny pieces in this uh, vignette. I have a Steelers wall in my office because I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. And Dan Smyers walks right up to it and stares at it. And I said, you're not from Cleveland, are you? No, no, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm thinking, good, I got one. I got one here. Hey, guys, but about that name, and without missing a beat, they said, oh, we hate that name. We dropped it. We're Dan and Shay. And I thought, I don't have to have that goddamn conversation. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. So that was it. They were that like, yeah, it. we already dropped it. We're, we're, just, we're Dan and Shay. Yeah. Um, whenever it came to the branding of those guys, that and that cross, that yeah. whatever that is, like that's what I think of when I think of them. That decision obviously had to be okayed by you as well because it's Dan and Shay. Even that little thing that is so branded is so important. Do you remember when you guys settled on that even? Well, you know, um, you'll laugh as I say this. We love those guys. There are certain things you just don't argue with. Mm, so it was them. They that came was and said them. that was it. Yeah, it's good. You it's know, good. It works. If it makes you feel good, mm. you know, um, and... You know, we it it probably created a little confusion in the early days in terms of what is it? Is it Dan, Dan plus Shay? Yeah, you know, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get um, a couple of hit records, people forget. Yeah, exactly, that. and they learn it. They forget that they were confused, and yes. they learn it forever. That's right. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. 
I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Um, I remember talking to John Peaks a little bit when I first came to town. Who was always super nice to me. Who another? Who was a guy? By the way, I didn't go to dinner with him, and he's not a record executive. But he was a guy too who kind of pulled me aside and was like, "Yeah, you're different, like me, and it ain't gonna be easy for people like you." And here's some stuff that I've been through. And again, I was so appreciative of that. And I never listen to music with people because one, it's awkward to just nod your head and be like, "Yeah," because you always have to act like you like it, even if you don't. That's right. But he he played me this artist, and he said, "You know, we're not." really doing much with her now, but we really believe in her and there's going to be some, there's going to be something here when we figure out exactly how to do it because what it is is awesome. And he played me Ashley McBride Hmm. because she's from Arkansas like myself. And he kind of used that as a conduit to get to playing the music. And what you guys have been able to do with Ashley feels very strategically, awesomely non-traditional how you made her a star. And to see her be a superstar now is her talent, but also you, your talent, you guys' talent. To, to sign Ashley McBride and to have a vision for her, I imagine there was, I don't know, what, were there a lot of meetings? Like what kind of artist do we want her to be, even though she already knows who she is? Uh, no meetings to have that discussion. Um, I saw Ashley maybe six years before we signed her, and there was no doubt she was incredibly talented but um, uh, not ready. And she admits that, too. Why not? What does that mean, not ready? Um, green, the songs weren't captivating. Um, the performance was, you could tell, you know, that she could sing. She might have been over-singing some of it. You know, you're young, you're trying to impress. And, and uh, God, I, I really just can't... Um, even though I play guitar and I play drums and I play in bands, I haven't had audition, to audition in, in front of a bunch of wankers from this business. So I can only imagine how people can exaggerate to a point where it's kind of distracting. But then I saw her about three months before we signed her, and I was like, uh, we, we have to do this. And Chris Lacey, uh, the, the now... Uh, co-president of our label and the head of A&R, was 100% in, in agreement. And then everybody wanted to sign her. And I got to tell you, um, um, I think part of why she ended up with us is because she knew we weren't going to ask her to do anything but be herself. I think we have a great reputation in that regard. Um, I hear I hear horror stories of people who actually go and mix records for artists that 
they, the artist didn't even know they were doing. It's like, mm. are you kidding me? I'd fire me uh, uh, if, if that ever happened. But I'll never forget for the rest of my life, um, this will be self-aggrandizing comment eight probably, um, everybody's trying to sign her. And John Peets, who I really love, that guy is the real deal. He's, he's the smartest um, dude, you know, and creative and, and willing to go on non-traditional paths with all the artists on his roster. He calls me up. I'm in Nantucket. He says, I've never done this before, but I want you to uh, agree to something. And I said, what's that? He goes, Ashley only wants to be with you. Will you just promise me you'll give us a fair deal? She doesn't want to take another meeting with another record label. She's found her home, and she's sick of this game. And can we just shake that we're going to work out terms everybody will be happy with? And I said, I've never done that before either. But yes, I knew she would be that mm. important, you know. And I think that one of the great things about what we've been able to do, part of it's probably accidental because I didn't know shit about country music. Um, our roster is very diverse because it's filled with people that go from Ingrid Andrus, which you wouldn't necessarily think, why would you sign her to a country label, uh, right? Or Dan and Shay, they were pretty pop-sounding, you know, um, uh, were, they are, um, they can be. Um, um, Ashley, so traditional, and there was nothing that we had in the 12 songs that uh, were album one that we thought no-brainer to get played on on country radio but boy once people got to hear her and got to experience it live it was going to become a thing and we have to have the patience now with that comes you have to have blake shelton's and kenny chesney's and dan and shays and brett eldridge and others producing millions for me the joy is the success they can all have but getting to play in sandboxes with people like abriana right and know that uh you, you can be changing lives, uh, you know, by taking a risk on somebody who skirts the edge of whatever people might call country music, but it's important music. We just signed a new artist named Jordan Shellhart. I can't wait for the world to hear her. And, you know, it's Joni Mitchell meets, uh, um, um, I don't know who the hell else, but it is so refreshing, distinctive. It sounds so good when you listen to it, but if you dive in on the lyrics, you go, oh, my God. She's talking about subject matters that mm. people, you know, they'll misinterpret the song and then they'll eventually, you know, this is really odd. But I'm on my fourth Steely Dan book. Um, uh, book? Yeah. Wow, you're that into Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. I, I, it started with I wanted to know who played guitar on every damn record. And they're notorious for things. This may bore your country listeners completely. But they would get the best studio musicians in in the world to come in and the musicians couldn't find out if they made the record until the record was released because there were 25 guitarists who came in to play the solo on peg you know well anyhow it started with that sort of obsession but it became they purposely wrote words that nobody could ever literally um figure out it was all jokes to them um about their neuroses etc so you listen, and their 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 thing. Donald and Walter talk about 
we wanted to be very pleasant sounding music that you didn't have to scratch the surface to figure out what Ricky Don't Lose That Number actually meant. Because it just sounded good and you'd hum it, you know. And uh, there's something very intriguing about that. You know, Jordan Shellhart, she may, eh, she'd, she'd appreciate that reference. I think Adriana, if you listen to the lyrics of Adriana's Narcissist, how the hell did a 17-year-old come up with that lyric, you know? So part of this joy of my my tenure down here has been that if we had enough people paying the bills, I could play in some different sandboxes and it'll all go back to Ashley McBride. And now here we have Lindyville, which is one of the most important and magic records, you know? And to know I was associated with that, Ashley said to me once when we were, you know, in the signing process, she goes, you know, I like you because you're always in the back of the room and your head's always bobbing. You're actually paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) My wife came to me, I don't know, COVID kind of blurs the years. And there's a a kid, he's a man now, but uh, from like two towns over from where she grew up. And she's like, hey, he's like, he's awesome. And she would listen to him on her phone, mostly on her phone, especially at first and on TikTok and She'd play songs, and we'd be in the car, and we're all Bluetoothed up for everything, and she'd play him just playing on, on TikTok over and over again. And she's in a lot of ways, she's become my compass on what is happening right this second. Because it's a few layers to get to me, and I don't like that sometimes, but it is the house that's been built at this point. Yep. But she just gathers guys. He's, he's like, yeah, she grew up around me. He doesn't live in Nashville. And it's Zach Bryan. And she, ta- just, she was on and on to the point where I was just getting annoyed and I was like, I don't want to listen to Zach Bryan because you love him so much, you won't stop playing him all the time. But then I grew, again, a real love for, stylistically, like, that's my jam. I love slow, emotional, when yeah. I can hear the lyrics, feel my version of what he's singing. And I became a massive fan without being very educated on him just be, because I love the music. Sonically, I got to the point where I was like, man, I can't get enough. Now, Zach Bryan is with you guys. Yeah. When you sign somebody that has... In the last couple of years, it has grown so much because of their virility. Like TikTok, they blow up. Is that a whole different negotiation? How did that come together? Are these artists that blow up, or is it different to negotiate with them than someone who you just know is going to be good playing a showcase somewhere? Well, I dare say, um, as a generalization, which I uh, tend to hate, um, the rules of engagement have changed so very much in a very short period of time. Um, I, I would say and they're changing ever, um, right now, right before us. But maybe go back two years. Uh, It was for the first bunch of years before that, hey, I only want to sign with you if you tell me when the radio ad date is. Now it is, tell me how you're going to bring the uh, story of my artist to the world. Um, uh, You know, I dare say... I tell your your buddy Rod Phillips this all the time. R- radio, by getting records to take a year to get up the chart, is hurting itself because people need discovery. But it's forced a lot of looking at, and it's not just streaming, although streaming is a lot of fun when, when you happen to get that um, uh, joy early on. But just ways to get a story told through various Uh, social media places, and hopefully the result of getting some streaming. Um, 
early on has has become the day, you know? And I swear to God, I don't go after that in the name of being in lieu of radio because the big win is when you get to the top 20 at radio and everything's, um, you know, it, it tends to... Um, be smoking along in terms of how much consumption there is, a word that Kenny Chesney hates. I think he's kind of come around to understand that that is some weird part of our vernacular now. I kind of hate it too. I hate product. You know, I never call it product. But anyhow, um, my long-winded way of saying, so now artists are coming in and with a story like Zach Bryan, they have negotiating power that's very different mm-hmm than the one who's begging you to come see them in the club and they haven't built a following, you know? And do I think that'll become more mainstay? Yeah. Do I think it becomes, it goes from probably 5% of what gets signed to 50%? No, but it's going to be probably closer to 30 or 40%. You know, there's still going to be things like, hey, um, Bailey Zimmerman, who I loved when, you know, Folks, Bobby will just every once in a while text me and say, hey, I just met with this artist. I think they're the real deal, right? Question mark. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that you will, even if they're your person, I know that you'll still be honest with me and go like, they have, a, they have the real potential to be the real deal. Or you'll go like, yep, they sure are. I yeah. know you'll be honest with me. That's, that's and that's what right. I said. I, I, uh, I always will. And I was thinking to myself, well, here's a guy working on a pipeline two years ago, never picked up a guitar and sang. But boy, he has a way of connecting with people. Um, he was kind of in between the Zach Bryan building an audience over a period of time and uh, um, and and uh, the artist who you know has one song and you're hoping you, you bet on the right song. But I do think that we're going to get more and more uh, people trying to create a story that becomes compelling it makes it easier for the manager and, and lawyers when they come knock on our door, you know, and you know, I have a, I don't mind being held up if I believe there's a long term there. I was talking to Rod. I kind of cornered him on the air. I later apologized to him because I didn't mean to do it, but if we're on and I'm doing the show, I just fought, follow instinct and then apologize later. That's if we're live, you know, that's the deal. And he was walking by and I see him and I say, Hey Rod, come up. And I've talked to him about a couple of things. And I say, hey, why? What's the deal with Zach Bryan? Why are we not playing him more? Like, I, we can't get enough. I said, and I understand it's different. I'm on a nationally syndicated show. They don't just go willy nilly and throw songs into that. But I'm talking about just generally, like, why aren't we? And he goes, listen, I love him too. It doesn't sound like what everything else sounds. So we're like playing it in certain places to make sure. And I'm just like, can't you just go? It's awesome and and do it. Right. And I kind of got him into trouble because then people started attacking him, which I didn't mean to do. But I was just saying how I felt, and he was like, "Don't apologize. You do what you do. That's what you do on the air. And I'll do. And I'm 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 cool to, ha- to have to stand by something, even if I personally don't agree with. It, is what he said. He goes, "I love Zach Bryan, and I would play him on every station all the time. But if I do that, and he went down this executive talk that he has to report to his boss, right?" So that being said, did that ever get back to you that I was fighting with Rod about Zach Bryan on the uh, air? Uh, no, the, the 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 that's probably because I'm uh, um, too distracted in life. Period. Um, um, but I understand the notion. It, this is an odd uh, retort or, or response to your question. I was with a 
a radio programmer in Pittsburgh. I happen to go to Pittsburgh a lot because uh, I, I like my hometown. And he goes, are you guys releasing Zach Bryan now to purposely piss all of us people off who've been playing him for months? And now we've played him too many times? And I said, only if we were that smart. You know, no, we we didn't know whether anybody would ever want it. Mm. And then we kept seeing you all who were playing this in these Because we were playing them on the morning show. I was playing them too yeah. on the morning show, yeah. And you'd get spins in these, I mean, um, uh, streams in these markets mm. that were off the hook. And it was like, okay, even us geniuses should not overthink this and just put the damn record out. And look what it's doing. It's been the top uh, stream song in country music. I think it's in its 12th week or something like that. And it's probably in the radio chart somewhere in the uh, high twenties. I think is where we've reached yeah, so now far. Now it's starting to now it's starting to really have some some, yeah. some balls, you know. And as far as people have to pay attention to it because it's climbing so high, yeah, that it says, "Hello, I'm here. You need to play me." Because if you don't, you're real. You're a real idiot. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like imagine you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. 
you need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. What do you do now? Like, you finish your last day on Friday. Like, what... Because I think for the first month I would do, I say I don't stop working. But I think when I finally stop, I'm I'm not I'm not doing anything for a month. I'm just going to lay. I think that uh, my family's placing bets on my ability to do that. Mm-hmm. The advice I'm getting from anybody of, you know, deep consequence in my life, which is mostly my family and um, a couple of other uh, people who've been with me for this long ride, is shut down in January. You're going to have so many people asking you to do something. The stupidest thing you could do is think you should go do something. Find out what it's like to not have to make a decision every five minutes, right? And I'm going to try my damnedest. I really am. I have a list of things that I'll do, um, well, that I'm intending to do. The book is turning into two books, Um, uh, a cooking class. I'm going to go to the Culinary Institute. I'm a really good cook. But I'm sure I've been slicing some vegetables incorrectly for all my life. Are you going to cooking class or cooking school? Because it sounds like that's school. School. Yeah. School. Um, um, I'm going to pick my guitar up more uh, because, boy, when I do, it fulfills me. And then I get busy again and I lose my calluses and all that. But I just want to see if for the month of January I can sit still. I want to meditate more during the day. I want to do these sorts of things. I made the decision to ask to be relieved with me creating the succession plan of, of uh, I promoted uh, four years ago the two people who will be the co-presidents of the label, uh, Ben Klein to GM and Chris Lacey to A&R, with the purpose that it gave me an option. But I thought to myself, um, and this may sound horrible, but screw it, you know, I am what I am. I was asked to come and take a a label that used to be called the Artist Protection Program by everybody in town. Because if you got signed at Warner, you were never seen again. Um, To um, a a very productive label. We've actually grown almost six times. That's just since I said four. It's grown two more times since I said four. You know, and, and, and I'm getting to ride out on a nice high. But I've been sitting in these marketing meetings on Wednesday and feeling like it feels like Groundhog Day. I'm sorry. I, it, it was one thing when you had to add a second artist to the Blake Shelton uh, thing we had going on. And this is not an indictment of Warner. This is the nature of the music business. Suddenly you find out you have 35 artists and huh, I'm really good at hand-holding individual artists. It gets harder for me to hear the social media stats on the fifth artist on the thing, let alone get to the 12th artist and all that. So let the kids do that. I'll find a way to be involved. My, if I have a gift, I'm an artist whisperer and I love it. I love that they trust me. I love that I have some many years of experience where I can offer uh, sage advice. And one of them will be with Brett Eldridge, one of my dearest friends on the planet earth, you know, 
um, um, you know, and we talk about that openly. I just, I'm not looking for compensation. I'm looking for the joy of knowing that I could help uh, guide the handful of people, artists, um, along in a meaningful way. And then I know it's just going to unveil itself to me that somebody's going to say, would you do this with me or that? Because I have to be busy because I, I really just don't sit still well. And that's my entire life. Let's do personally and professionally. Personally, the best decision you ever made. Marrying Chantel. Actually, oh, my kids, uh, they're not, whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, deciding that the first one wasn't working and then being brave enough at the time of 49 years old to say, well, whatever. I know I'm not happy. I got to go find some happiness somewhere. And accidentally, two months later, somebody said, we got a seat filler for you at the Grammys. And it was Chantel. Bain, who is now 18 years with me and 15 years of marriage, and I've never been fucking happier in my life. So that was the best personal decision. Professionally, best decision you ever made? Um, Announcing to a group of people in a building on 20 Music Square East in Nashville that we're going to build the building around Blake Shelton. And I don't care how bad things are going for Blake Shelton. We got to prove to the town that if we could break Blake Shelton to big time, um, 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 people will believe in us, and more managers and artists and lawyers will knock on our door because nobody was coming to the uh, uh, Warner Building. And I looked at Blake in the eye after he played the Grand Old Opry. He's told this story um, a couple of times, and I said, "Dude, I'm about to build the building around you. You better work as hard as I do." Not that I was worried about it, but I had to make some sort of statement. <laughs> Mind you, I was looking like this because he's 6'5", and I'm squeezing out almost 6'3". Boy, he looks so much bigger than me in pictures. And he also has big boots. He were, yeah. I, I was well, looking at like this morning. He's like, I'm 6'5". And I'm like, yeah, but you're like 6'7 and a half when you wear your big boots. <laughs> That's fair enough. But uh, I think that, you know, that, that was probably it. Although I will tell you this, not that you need me to talk anymore, but what led to me coming down here, I was running, I was the president of WIA, a distribution company for Warner. The letter stood for Warner Electric, Warner Electra Atlantic. And I had helped take it out of the ashes into a, a phoenix rising. And about seven and a half years into it, I swear to God, this is true, I went down to my boss, Lior Cohen, one of the characters of all characters and the history of the music business, and I said, I've succession planned, I'm bored shitless, promote me or fire me, I can't do this anymore. He started smiling, told me to walk down the hall to Edgar Brofman's office, Edgar was the chairman. He's smiling, I'm thinking, I just got set up for something. The next day they asked me to move to Nashville and run this That's how it happened? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did, I, I mean, truth be told, I had just signed a, new three-year deal so if they fired me i was going to have a little money to figure it out but i just knew when i was bored i couldn't do it anymore you know it's kind of like what i'm going through now i need a new chapter boy <laughs> in hindsight it still was pretty silly of me to just wow i feel like any advice i ever give anybody if it's good advice it's because i've done it and messed up i've done it and had to struggle that's where i have gained my knowledge because if it just comes to me easy which is very few things I don't feel like I can pass anything along because it was just natural. Yeah. So a lot of anything that I can share to people is through 
hard work or sacrifice or doing it wrong. So I say that in the vein of what professionally was your worst decision, where it was a bad decision, but you know now because it happened to you, it made you smarter or you're able to help others because of what happened. That's a great one right there. I, I've made a couple of, uh, I have a thing, there's probably a better one than this, but sitting on my uh, emporium shelf of, shelves, one of my shelves of all this junk in my office is this thing called Furry Creatures. And it's a um, um, probably eight or nine inch tall um, clay model of something where somebody came to me in my old job and said, we can bring you $2 million a year in um, new revenue and it can build to this. All you have to do is make this investment. And I went to the chairman of the company and I said, listen, I know this is not um, my purview, but should I take a chance? And he goes, listen, you've been good so far. Why don't you take a chance? Well, we lost about $4 million in the process. And I leave that thing sitting on my shelf to remind myself that I was in the music business. What did I think I needed to be in some weird video game that I knew nothing about business? But I'm sure, I'm sure I've done stupider things than that. How to smash that thing. Oh, good for you! Good for you for keeping it and letting that be a reminder of your growth. I'd have smashed that thing immediately. <laughs> That's funny, man. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff, or like the smell of staff. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. When you were a kid, who was your hero? Dean Martin was probably one of my real heroes because he had such a swagger about him. 
and he had that TV show with the uh, the gold diggers, which you know politically correct wouldn't be allowed today. <laughs> but he'd sit there on a stool. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. Well, these blondes are walking around in skimpy dresses, and I thought, God, someday I just want to sing and have them love me like that. You know, uh, uh, my dad though, really, when all is said and done, my, you know, I'm, I think it's the Martin or Mark Twain line that the older I got, the smarter my father got. My father and I, I was one of six. I was the black sheep, always in trouble, always in trouble, always stretching the boundaries. I've broken nearly every bone in my body. I have stitches everywhere in this body of mine. Just from falling or getting beat up or what? No, just. Climbing a tree and the tree broke and Got I fell it. out and there's a, you know, compound fracture of, of that leg, you know, and just, just doing shit. And my father was always, you know, grumpy, mad at me. But ultimately, we became best friends when I was about 20 because he realized I just wanted to adventure and that it was going to serve me well. And, you know, all my siblings did just fine. I ended up having the closest relationship with my dad because... Uh, we would end up getting involved in conversations about pretty heady things, you know. And my dad was a typical World War II veteran, an orphan who, you know, had to make his own way in life. And he's my hero. My leadership style is 100% my father's influence. I could watch him walk into a room of angry people and diffuse it by asking the one question, that made them all have to shut up because they didn't even know what they were fighting about. You know, people get all revved up. And I thought, man, that guy just listens. He lets everybody spew. And then you ask the one, you know, checkmate thing. You know, I I, I was talking with somebody yesterday about, um, and it's probably all the emotional stuff related to this uh, uh, um, cathartic moment uh, that is going on uh, me moving on to some next stage. When my father died, um, there was a road between Princeton, New Jersey, and where I had a farmhouse out in the country. I used to commute into New York on the train that I called my father every day on this one road, and it was about a three-mile stretch of road, and just so we could say hey, you know, and ask each other a couple of questions. When he died, I could not ride on that road anymore because all I would do is bawl every time I was on that road. I've gone back since just to see if I still have, and I do, the emotion, you know. Really? I don't live there now 20 years, but God, it just affected me because that memory is so locked in. And, you know, I was happy in, in so far as when my dad died, I didn't end up being one of those guys going, I wish I had had a relationship. You know, there was, there was no no time lost or whatever the right expression is. Uh, thanks for sharing that story. That is, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm jealous of that story in a lot of ways. And it sounds like your dad was an important part of who you are and even who you, who you were and who you are even today because you say your managerial, your leadership style comes directly from him. Um, when did you notice your, your dad's son? Early in your career or did it take a while before you started to go, oh, I am kind of inadvertently my dad as I'm managing folks? That's a great question. If I don't romanticize it, it probably was sometime in my 
my 20s. Um, um, just because I found myself in a room full of people saying something that could, you know, shut the room down, not with the intention of shut up, but like... That's crazy that you did that. And then I'd go, God, that's what he used to do. That's yeah, what I yeah, used to as a cool. kid watch him do mm -hmm. with people. And, you know, there's this other part. My father would never let my head get big. He, wa he loved my success, but he would just make sure, you know. You know I remember every <laughs> once in a while I would try to ex explain why I was doing well. He says, stop the shit. You start explaining why you're doing well, you're going to ruin it. Just be yourself. It'll, it'll be okay. Stop talking about mm. yourself, you know. I haven't done an effective job of that. <laughs> you have. This is, listen, the job is to talk about you. I, I'm very interested in you. Um, the first time, because, and we have like five minutes left. I want to get to a few other quick things. But I want to do first and last. The first time that you were genuinely starstruck, where you're like, wow, I cannot believe I'm that close to this person. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry. There's always more than one. The first one was uh, when I sitting in Chasen's restaurant, famous in uh, L.A. Johnny Carson always used to talk about going to Chasen's. And I was there because I was a buyer at Macy's. And uh, Fisher, I'll never forget, it was Fisher Electronics had us out for dinner in Chasen's. And the cast of Dynasty was over here and blah, 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 blah. And two tables over, Frank Sinatra sitting there having dinner with the Princess Caroline, I think her name is, Grace's daughter. And I don't know. I just decided to walk over and introduce myself. You did? And he was gracious, and I didn't take up more than 15 seconds of his time, but I, I couldn't be that close to somebody who was such a hero. But I remember my knees were shaking. Wow. You know? That's a cool story. And the second one, I'm highly involved in uh, environmental things. And uh, so I was... <laughs> Uh, I'm on the Global Leadership Council of the Natural Resources Defense Council, NRDC. I go to Washington and lobby uh, senators and congressmen to get uh, environmental laws stiffened and blah, 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 blah. And I go to an event, and my daughter's working for the organization. She accidentally gets put at the front of the ballroom, and I'm at a table. Warner bought a table. We're 50 feet back. And I notice she's sitting with Paul McCartney. And I'm thinking, that little bitch. <laughs> what the, what is going on? So at the end of the night, and the reason Paul McCartney was there is Stella was the honoree, you know, because uh, uh, her environmental um, um, orientation and, you know, not eating uh, um, meat or any living thing. Anyhow, cutting to the chase. We're in, uh, the, the meeting ends and my phone's ringing. And it's Jessica, my daughter. Paul wants to meet you. And I said, Paul doesn't want to meet me. No, 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 Paul wants to meet you. And I said, no, no, it's cool. So we're good. Say hi to Paul for me. You know, all I could imagine is walking up and being one of the 85 germs on Paul McCartney. Five minutes later, Paul wants to meet you. I said, Jessica, it's cool. I'm good. Well, Linda Eastman's sister um, came back. Lin Linda was, was Paul's wife of many years who passed from cancer and said, are you coming up to meet Paul or not? Now, this is relative. I'm okay. This is serious. So I go up and there's Paul McCartney standing uh, near the exit, um, but he's waiting for me. 
And um, he goes, hello, John Esposito. And I said, well, hello, Paul McCartney. You don't know anything about me, but I know a lot about you. He goes, I know everything about you. <laughs> and he starts rattling off a bunch of shit that apparently my daughter told him. That's and funny. I'm sitting there thinking, a Beatle has just talked to me. You know, not just a Beatle. It's Paul McCartney. And we, we probably talked for a good two minutes. And then that's I awesome. felt like, whoa, that's royalty. Yeah, that's a good one. Final three questions. The last time you were starstruck. Mm. Right now. Nah, come on, Espo. You could see me anytime, any day. That ain't the same. Um, the last time I was starstruck. This is years of being around well, famous people, becoming jaded in ways, and you still it could be ten years ago. I don't know. The last yeah, time no, that, that, that's probably what it is. Um, Jay Z. So I'm at Island Def Jam. I'm called by Lior Cohen. I'm the GM of Island Def Jam. He tells me I need to get on a helicopter and fly with Jay-Z to Albany, New York. We're going to help launch his new record. And I said, why am I going to fly in a helicopter? The president of Def Jam, Kevin Lyles, is sick. So we want you to do it. And I knew Jay had you know, been in some meetings with him. But oh, I'm going to ride a helicopter with Jay-Z the whole way to Albany from uh, there. And uh, and it, I was I was genuinely gobsmacked, starstruck, thrilled, nicest damn guy, smart really? as all get out. And there's a real quick story, and I know we're running no, out of time. No, you're going to tell the story, please. Um, we get done with surprising this room full of people who are about to uh, launch a new album. It was a big record retailer that uh, we needed their full support, but they didn't know Jay-Z was walking into their marketing meeting. We get done. We get in the car to head back to the airport, and Jay says, I'm hungry. He's a Burger King. And he uh, said, okay, we'll stop at the Burger King. We walk in, and there's this lovely, probably in her 50s, um, African-American woman behind the counter. Her back turned to us, and, uh, you know, she's filling other people's orders. She turns around, and she says, what can I get? I am not seeing Jay-Z. I am not seeing Jay-Z right now. No, I'm not seeing Jay-Z. Pretty soon the whole restaurant's over. Everybody's taking pictures. And he was so gracious. Okay, I'm taking up all no, the no, time. No, no, no. Uh, I, I still got two things left. And this, this next one is going to be a little quick series. So I, need, I want quick ones here because I have a few. But I want to give you an artist that you have on your label. You may have a personal relationship with me. I just want you to tell me a line about them. When I say their name, like what comes up about them? For example, Charlie Worsham. Genius. I feel you only want one word. Well, word or sentence. Yeah. A, a genius that I wish the world would hear more from. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And the world deserves to want to hear more from. Yep. They should. Yep. They should. Um, Kenny Chesney. Man, he is a soul brother. Um, he, he rescued me from a, an island and didn't even know who the hell I was 20 years ago. I don't understand. Um, at an island, um, long before I'm running this record label, Tortola, um, the house of the people I'm staying with was busted into by a guy um, out of his mind on drugs. Um, uh, Big Kenny, which is who I was with, calls A. Kenny on the phone and said, Kenny, can you come over and get us? We Take us over to Yost Van Dyke. we got to get out of here. I have no idea who the Kenny is. We go down to the dock, and it's pouring rain, and up comes a boat, and then comes the uh, dinghy, I guess you call it, 
piloted by Kenny Chesney, who's carrying the bags in the pouring rain onto that boat. And I'm, I said, Kenny, you don't need to do that. Go, Come on, man. Mm-hmm. And then we went over to this other island and sat and just talked music for two or three hours. And I'm thinking, he really is, he really is special, you know, and, it started a, a a level of intense friendship that you can't make up, you know. Cole Swindell. I'm so proud of that boy that that uh, what is it called? A single Saturday night cut through the chase despite how hard radio made it for us, and who later came back and said you were right. And I, yeah, yeah, you added thirty years or thirty weeks to his life. With that, bought him another twenty years. And put him in position to have that massive duet, and uh, and then the 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 one he has now. Um, that's way more than a word or a sentence. But I think Cole is the one who's next poised for superstardom, playing in in stadiums and able to command it. One more, and I love her, Madeline Edwards. Yeah, man. You know, you feel it when you're in the room with her. Mm-hmm. Period. And. You know, I love her music, but I love her spirit mm-hmm. so much and her where she's coming from. And we've had some, you know, tearful moments. Um, uh, some people know that I like scotch. I've sh- shared some scotch with her just because she said, how am I going to be at this label and miss you having a hand in all of this? And I said, I'm always available. We'll go to dinner in January. You deserve it. You're special. You're special. And, you know, I'll... I'll uh, I'll be a, a big cheerleader for that gal. She deserves it. Final question. What are you going to miss the most? You know, I, um, I, I was asked a question, so I'm going to try to reproduce the answer. What will you miss the least and what will you miss the most? And I said, oddly, the answer is the same. I will not miss going to CRS and having lecherous old men with some hot young girl on their arm and hand me a CD and say, this is my new star, you know, and thinking, oh, man, can they just leave me alone? But I'm going to miss walking around the streets and people looking at me going like, you could change my life. You signed me to a record deal. You know, that's a big, that's a big deal. That mm-hmm. was, that was, a, that was food for the soul for all, you know. I hope I didn't let it go to my head, but I sure like being able to do that and have a number of them turn out. That's what I'm going to miss the most. Well, I respect you so much professionally. However, that pales in comparison to the feelings that I have accumulated for you uh, personally. I just, even if we didn't talk for nine months, I always knew it didn't matter we didn't talk for nine months. I mean, that's, that's the end of that. And it, didn't, it, it just didn't matter what it was. I knew if I needed it, I could call you. And sometimes it'd be two years. But it, it's, it was just that I just, I just knew, you know? Well, and, and it's not leaving, and you're not dying, and you're not moving. <laughs> but I just want to tell you this because we're kind of celebrating you, is I didn't have a relationship with – because I purposefully fought the idea of even knowing any executive because I just wanted to be the guy that did my own crap. I don't want to hear from people giving me – tell. I was just anti-everything, um, probably ignorantly a little bit, but that's how I came into this place. And I think it was you who kind of showed me, hey, don't be an idiot. Open your eyes and ears a little bit, and you can have good people in your life. Uh, 
And so that is that's that is my feeling about you personally. It's way more personal than professional, although this town is it's going to be different without you running that label that I only know is a massive label. You it, you flipped it by the time I got here. But I just uh, I just respect you, but like I value you personally. I will treasure those words forever. I mean it. I'm I am I'm insanely proud of you. I know you weren't soliciting a a compliment back, but it was so fun to watch you uh, plow through those early days Oof. and get to the place where you got not just respect, but you got all sorts of opportunities. And I just hope for you that uh, you can stop and smell the roses every once that's in a while. The trouble. That's the trouble. Because I struggle. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a challenge for hard chargers like us, and you, mm-hmm. you take it to a new level. But, you know, yeah, I, I'll end with this. When somebody is dear to me, as Brett Eldridge tells me how important you are to him, you know, that's vouching in a way that, because he's got a hell of a meter. And I didn't need him to do that. But boy, do I love that somebody that discerning would say, you mean so much in your relationship and that. And, and uh, so I'm happy about that, I buddy. Him. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you came over. Um, and we're, we're done. But did, did you ever, I'm sure there have been different times. Did you ever get really pissed at me for saying something or like, just no, really? No, actually, if we are done, yeah, I was so proud of you saying. What? Oh, I got in so much trouble for that. The people publicly that were ripping me were also privately going, "Sorry, man." Yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting, yeah, it was tough. That's so, tough. I, but no, that was tough. Well, listen. nothing you ever did bugged right. me out, buddy. We'll take it. That's Thank you. Man. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.